Welcome to Grandpa Hill's True Stories. This is a story for my children, my grandchildren, and for all children. In a special way, it is a story for children that do not love themselves as they should. It's also a story about the love of a father. It was in November 1975. I was in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I think it was the second day or maybe the third day after I had left the United States Air Force Academy. I had been asked to leave the Academy. I did have an honorable discharge. My dreams and my plans of who I was going to be, the career I was going to have, the college education that I was going to have, they were broken and they were gone. And it was morning and I was in the hotel room. I was sharing the room with three other men, most of them much older than me. I had signed a contract and I was selling magazines. And when I would go to sell those magazines, I was always with somebody that was much more experienced at selling magazines. This was what I was going to do. I was kind of ashamed to go home. I didn't want to go home. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I needed to make money. So I took a job. Sales. Only the day before, we had uh, acted like college kids and convinced the lady who could hardly walk or get around, a very lonely lady. We had knocked on the door where it says no solicitation, and she had let us in, and we had sold this lady about $750 worth of magazines. I don't even know if she was going to read them. She had such a good time helping us get along in our college careers. And I knew that I'd ripped her off. Me and the other fellow. That was my teacher. And I didn't like uh, doing that to her. And I didn't want to get good at 
doing that for a living. I didn't like sleeping with the other three men. And going from town to town. But I had signed a contract. I was accepting the room and board. And the pay. And that was the deal. So it was morning. And they were having coffee. Some of my co-workers. The manager wasn't there yet. And I had my coat on and my duffel bag, my military dress coat and my duffel bag. And I walked out the door. And I started hitchhiking. And I was hitchhiking south. It was cold in Colorado, or getting colder, and I was headed south. By the end of that day, I was in El Paso, Texas. My ride had taken me all the way. I don't think I had more than just two rides. One that got me out of town and one that got me to El Paso. Going through place after place after place. It was getting dark. I think I got in around midnight. I'm not sure. When got in meant, you know, that we got, I got a room. I got let off. I walked down the road. I found a place that said vacancies and, uh, bought a small little room for the night. And, uh, felt pretty lonely. Very lonely. And, didn't feel too good about myself. I was um, determined that I would do well in my life. And where I was going was into Mexico. I thought that in Mexico, I would find good work working on the oil rigs. That were going in on a pretty steady pace in 1975. So before going to Mexico the next day, I made a phone call. I called home, a collect call home. I had some cash that I would keep in my shoes and different places in case I would get attacked on the way wherever I was going, that I wouldn't lose it all one moment. So I made a collect call. You know, no cell phones back then or anything like that. It's 1975. And I wanted to let my parents know, mom and dad, where I was going. So I called back home to Rochester, Michigan, and my mom answered the phone. And we had a nice little talk. I told her where I was going and um, didn't know when I'd be home. 
or I'm surely I'd come home eventually, but I needed to think things through and I needed to uh, find work. And she listened to me and then she offered the phone. She said, she said to me, Don, actually she'd call me Donald, Donald, your dad wants to talk to you. I thought that was nice. I didn't always talk to my dad very much. Um, but he wanted to talk. So we got on the phone, and I said hello, and I told him my plans, and I talked, and I talked about where I was going, why I was going there, and how it was going, how I was hoping it would work out. And I, I did that for about five minutes, maybe more. He didn't say anything during that five minutes. He didn't protest. He didn't try to tell me anything different. He just asked me one simple question. When are you coming home? And I told him, you know, I don't know exactly. And I kept going and talking about my dreams, about my hopes, about where I'd be going and how I was going to, I don't know what city I was going to in Mexico. Just get across the border first and work from there. Not a very good plan, but I didn't think I needed a good plan. I just needed um, to get away. After doing that for about another five or ten minutes, Dad said again, when you're coming home, And then um, kept talking. I explained it all again. It's like, he doesn't get it. I'm going away. And then he says, um, when you're coming home. And after he asked me that third time, the phone was uh, very quiet. Nothing, just the static of an old phone. Making all those connections between Rochester, Michigan and El Paso, Texas. And then I answered him. And I said, Dad, I'll be home as fast as I could get there. I'll be hitchhiking. I don't know when I'll be there. I will not go to Mexico. I will be home. It'll be like three to five days, probably. And that was the beginning of that turning point in my life. My dad loved me 
so much when I did not love me. The recording, this podcast, is sent out there for you dads that love your children. to tell them in whatever way is appropriate to realize what they may be going through. And although I didn't think much of myself at that moment, did think about my dad. I knew that in Mexico, that if, if I left the family, if I left and went into Mexico, and I don't know when I'd come back, if ever, that um, it would hurt him a lot. He wasn't always the healthiest man with his heart and other things. And, uh, yeah, it would have broke his heart, I think. So if not for myself, for my dad, I went home. I hope anyone listening to this that's not at home, that they go home. Just go home. Start with the decision figure out a way to get better and to make amends or whatever it is that's kept you away or separate from your father and yeah you you might just be surprised how much he loves you and wants you to come home. I think my producer will put this story in the faith and family section. It's my hope, it's my prayer, that if you're not home, you go home, and that you love yourself, and 
you accept the love of your family and you live a life where you are thinking and laughing and loving and living abundantly. It can happen. It has happened. It has truly happened to me. Till the next episode of Grandpa Hill's True Stories. Shalom.